Chapter 3 of Where We Got the Bible, Our Debt to the Catholic Church. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Where We Got the Bible, Our Debt to the Catholic Church, by the Reverend Henry Graham. Chapter 3. The Church Precedes the New Testament. So far we have been dealing with rather dry material. We have seen how the Old Testament books came to be collected into one volume. Now it remains to see how the Catholic Church also composed and selected, and formed into another volume the separate books of the New Testament. 1. Now you will remember what I said before, that the New Testament was not any more than the Old, all written at one time, or by one man, but that at least forty years passed away between the writing of the first and the writing of the last of its books it is made up of the four gospels fourteen epistles of st paul two of st peter one of st james one of st jude three of st john together with the apocalypse of st john and the acts of apostles by st luke who also wrote the third gospel so that we have in this collection works by at least eight different writers and from the year that the earliest book was composed probably the gospel of st matthew to the year that st john composed his gospel about a half a century had elapsed our blessed lord himself never so far as we know wrote a line of scripture certainly none that has been preserved he never told his apostles to write anything he did not command them to commit to writing what he had delivered to them but he said go ye and teach all the nations preach the gospel to every creature he that heareth you heareth me what he commanded and meant them to do was precisely what he had done himself viz deliver the word of god to the people by the living voice convince persuade instruct convert them by addressing themselves face to face to living men and women not entrust their message to a dead book which might perish and be destroyed and be misunderstood and misinterpreted and corrupted but adopt it the more safe and natural way of presenting the truth to them by word of mouth and of training others to do the same after they themselves were gone and so by a living tradition preserving and handing down the word of god as they had received it to all generations two and this was as a matter of fact the method the apostles adopted only five out of the twelve wrote down anything at all that has been preserved to us and of that not a line was penned till at least ten years after the death of christ for jesus christ was crucified in thirty three a d and the first of the new testament books was not written till about forty five a d you see what follows the church and the faith existed before the bible that seems an elementary and simple fact which no one can deny or ever has denied thousands of people became christians through the work of the apostles and missionaries of christ in various lands and believed the whole truth of god as we believe it now and became saints before ever they saw or read or possibly could see or read a single sentence of inspired scripture of the new testament for the simple reason that such scripture did not then exist how then did they become christians in the same way of course that pagans become catholics nowadays by hearing the truth of god from the lips of christ's missionaries when the twelve apostles met together in jerusalem and portioned out the known world among themselves for purposes of evangelization allotting one country to one apostle such as india to st thomas and another to another how did they propose to evangelize these people 
by presenting each one with a new testament such a thing did not exist and we may safely say was not even thought of why did our lord promise them the gift of the holy ghost and command them to be witnesses of him and why in fact did the holy ghost come down upon the twelve and endow them with the power of speaking in various languages why but they might be able to preach the gospel to every creature in the tongue of every creature three i have said that the apostles at first never thought of writing the new testament and neither they did the books of the new testament were produced and called forth by special circumstances that arose were written to meet particular demands and emergencies nothing was further from the minds of the apostles and evangelists than the idea of composing works which should be collected and formed into one volume and so constitute the holy book of the christians and we can imagine st paul staring in amazement if he had been told that his epistles and st peter's and st john's and the others would be tied up together and elevated into the position of a complete and exhaustive statement of the doctrines of christianity to be placed in each man's hand as an easy and infallible guide in faith and morals independent of any living and teaching authority to interpret them no one would have been more shocked at the idea of his letters usurping the place of the authoritative teacher the church than the great apostle who himself said how shall they hear without a preacher how shall they preach unless they be sent faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of christ the fact is that no religion yet known has been effectually propagated among men except by word of mouth and certainly everything in the natural and spiritual position of the apostles on the one hand and of the jews on the other was utterly unfavorable to the spread of christianity by means of a written record the jewish people were not used to it and the gentiles could not have understood it even protestant authors of the highest standing are compelled to admit that the living teaching of the church was necessarily the means chosen by jesus christ for the spread of his gospel and that the committing of it to writing was a later and secondary development dr westcott bishop of durham than whom among anglicans there is not a higher authority and who is reckoned indeed by all as a standard scholar on the canon of scripture says in the bible in the church pages fifty three and what follows in order to appreciate the apostolic age in its essential character it is necessary to dismiss not only the ideas which are drawn from a collected new testament but those also in a great measure which spring from the several groups of writings of which it is composed the first work of the apostles in that out of which all their other functions grew was to deliver in living words a personal testimony to the cardinal facts of the gospel the ministry the death and the resurrection of our lord it was only in the course of time and under the influence of external circumstances that they committed their testimony or any part of it to writing their peculiar duty was to preach that they did in fact perform a mission for all ages and perpetuating the tidings which they delivered was due not to any conscious design which they formed nor to any definite command which they received but to that mysterious power etc the repeated experience of many ages has even yet hardly sufficed to show that a permanent record of his words and deeds open to all must coexist with the living body of the church if that is to continue in pure and healthy vigor and again the apostles when they speak claim to speak with divine authority 
but they nowhere profess to give in writing a system of christian doctrine gospels and epistles with the exception perhaps of the writings of st john were called out by special circumstances there is no trace of any designed connection between the separate books except in the case of the gospel of st luke and the acts also by st luke still less of any outward unity or completeness in the entire collection on the contrary it is not unlikely that some epistles of st paul have been lost and though in point of fact the books which remain do combine to form a perfect whole yet the completeness is due not to any conscious cooperation of their authors but to the will of him by whose power they wrote and wrought what a contrast there is in these clear words of the great scholar to the common delusion that seems to have seized the protestant mind that the bible complete and bound dropped down among the christians from heaven after the day of pentecost or at the least the twelve apostles sat down together in an upper room pens in hand and wrote off at a sitting all the books of the new testament and allow me to give one more short quotation to drive home the point i am laboring at that the written new testament could never have been intended as the only means of preaching salvation it was some considerable time after our lord's ascension writes the protestant author of helps to the study of the bible page two before any of the books contained in the new testament were actually written the first and most important work of the apostles was to deliver a personal testimony to the chief facts of the gospel history their teaching was at first oral and it was no part of their intention to create a permanent literature these i consider are valuable admissions for but now you may say what was the use of writing the gospels and epistles then at all did not god inspire men to write them are you not belittling and despising god's word no not at all we are simply putting it in its proper place the place that god meant it to have and i would add the catholic church is the only body in these days which teaches infallibly that the bible and the whole of it is the word of god and defends its inspiration and denounces and excommunicates anyone who would dare to impugn its divine origin and authority i said before and i repeat that the separate books of the new testament came into being to meet special demands in response to particular needs and were not nor are they now absolutely necessary either to the preaching or the perpetuating of the gospel of christ it is easy to see how the gospels arose so long as the apostles were still living the necessity for written records of the words and actions of our lord was not so pressing but when the time came for their removal from this world it was highly expedient that some correct authoritative reliable account be left of our lord's life by those who had known him personally or at least were in a position to have first-hand uncorrupted information concerning it and this was all the more necessary because there were being spread abroad incorrect unfaithful indeed altogether spurious gospels which were calculated to injure and ridicule the character and work of our divine redeemer st luke distinctly declares that this was what caused him to undertake the writing of his gospel for as many as many have taken in hand to set forth in order a narration of the things that have been accomplished among us chapter one verse one he goes on to say that he has his information from eyewitnesses and has come to know all particulars from the very beginning and therefore considers it right to set them down in writing to secure a correct and trustworthy account of christ's life so st matthew st mark st luke and st john 
pen their gospels for the use of the church the one supplying often what another omits but yet none pretending to give an exhaustive or perfect account of all that jesus christ said and did for if this had been attempted st john tells us the whole world could not have contained the books that would be written about him the gospels then are incomplete and fragmentary giving us certainly the most important things to know about our saviour's earthly life but still not telling us all we might know or much we do know in fact now and understand better through the teaching of the catholic church which has preserved traditions handed down since the time of the apostles from one generation to another these gospels were read as they are now among catholics at the gatherings of the christians in the earliest days on the sundays not to set forth a scheme of doctrine that they knew already but to animate their courage to excite their love and devotion to jesus christ and impel them to imitate the example of that beloved master whose sayings and doings were read aloud in their ears well now what i said about the gospels is equally true of the epistles which make up practically the whole of the rest of the new testament they were called into existence at various times to meet pressing needs and circumstances were addressed to particular individuals and communities in various places and not to the catholic church at large the thought furthest from the mind of the writers was that they should ever be collected into one volume and made to do duty as a complete and all-sufficient statement of christian faith and morals how did they arise in this natural and simple way st peter st paul and the rest went forth to various lands preaching the gospel and made thousands of converts and in each place founded a church and left priests in charge and a bishop sometimes as for example st timothy in ephesus now these priests and converts had occasion many a time to consult their spiritual father and founder like st paul or st peter or st james on many points of doctrine or discipline or morals for we must not imagine at that date when the church was in its infancy things were so clearly seen or understood or formulated as they are now it was of course the same faith then as always but still there were many points on which the newly made christians were glad to consult the apostles who had been sent out with the unction of jesus christ fresh upon them points of dogma and ritual and government and conduct which they alone could settle and so we find st paul writing to the ephesians his converts at ephesus or to the corinthians his converts at corinth or to the philippians his converts at philippi and so on to the rest fourteen epistles in all and for what reason either in answer to communication sent to him from them or because he had heard from other sources that there were some things that required correction in these places all manner of topics are dealt with in these letters sometimes in the most homely style it might be to advise the converts or to reprove them to encourage them or instruct them or defend himself from false accusations it might be like that to philemon a letter about a private person as onesimus the slave but whatever the epistles deal with it is clear as the noonday sun that they were written just at particular times to meet particular cases that occurred naturally in the course of his missionary labors and that neither st paul nor any of the other apostles intended by these letters to set forth the whole theology or scheme of christian salvation any more than pope pius x intended to do so in his decree against the modernist or in his letter on the sanctification of the clergy 
the thing seems plain on the face of it leo the thirteenth writes to the scotch bishops of the holy scriptures for example or pius the tenth to the eucharistic congress in london on the blessed sacrament or publishes a decree on frequent communion or again one of our bishops say sends forth a letter condemning secret societies or issues a pastoral dealing with the new marriage laws are we to say that these documents are intended to teach the whole way of salvation to all men that they profess to state the whole catholic creed the question has only to be asked to expose its absurdity yet precisely the same question may be put about the position of st paul's epistles true he was an apostle and consequently inspired and his letters are the written word of god and therefore are a final and decisive authority on the various points of which they treat if properly understood but that does not alter the fact that they nowhere claim to state the whole of christian truth or to be a complete guide to salvation to any one they already presuppose the knowledge of the christian faith among those to whom they are addressed they are written to believers not to unbelievers in one word the church existed and did its work before they were written and it would still have done so even though they had never been written at all st paul's letters for we are taking his merely as a sample of all date from the years fifty two a d to sixty eight a d jesus christ ascended to heaven leaving his church to evangelize the world thirty three a d and we may confidently assert that the very last place we should expect to find a complete summary of christian doctrine is in the epistles of the new testament there is no need to delay further on the matter i think i have made it clear enough how the various books of the new testament took their origin and in so explaining the state of the case we are not undervaluing the written word of god or placing it on a level inferior to what it deserves we're simply showing the position it was meant to occupy in the economy of the christian church it was written by the church by members apostles and evangelists of the church it belongs to the church and it is her office therefore to declare what it means it is intended for instruction meditation spiritual reading encouragement devotion and also serves as proof and testimony of the church's doctrines and divine authority but as a complete and exclusive guide to heaven in the hands of every man this it was never was and never could be the bible in the church the church before the bible the church the maker and interpreter of the bible that is right the bible above the church the bible independent of the church the bible and the bible only the religion of christians that is wrong that one is the catholic position the other the protestant end of chapter three